Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Very good to be here this morning and thank you for having me, Milneton. Um, I made this promise at the end of 2017 that I'm going to come to Milneton more often because the last time I was here was in 2016. That's horrible, I know, and I think Gabe kept me to that, and now, now I'm here uh, two weeks later. It wasn't too long for me to be here in 2018, um, but it's a privilege to be here. My name is Wayne, if you don't know. Um, it's my beautiful wife, Jen, and my beautiful boy, Lee, whom I love very much. Been married for almost 10 years in Feb this year, 20, 2018. We've been married for 10 years, which is amazing, so we thank God for that, for His grace on our life and our marriage. And our little boy, Lee, he's not little, he's tall, he's 14 years old, wears a size 8. Um, that's Lee for you. So just to introduce yourself, uh, introduce myself to who we are, that's who we are, Lee, Jen, and myself. And we are from the Tableview AM community, um, and that's where I'm part of the leadership team with Gabe and Mark, Quinton, and this, jeez, oh, who else is there, Gabe? There's too many guys. Eh? We've got too many leaders there. There's too many chiefs. We need some Indians. <laughs> so I'm here this morning <laughs> just to uh, be one of those Indians. <laughs> but it's great to be here. Um, and this morning, um, we are still continuing with that series called Work It. And uh, I get to chat about that because I'm what they call an MPE. Do you guys know what that stands for? Yes, you've heard that before. That's why. I'm a marketplace elder, uh, MPE, I'm part-time. <laughs> and then there's the FTEs, which is Gabe and Mark, and they are the full-time elders. So because it's work it, and we know what work is all about, we get to speak about work. How's that? Is that all right? <laughs> but first and foremost, I want to honor Gabe and Fee um, for who they are, and Olivia, such an amazing couple. I know this man since I came to, to Life Changes in 2010. And I've just seen his journey, and meeting his wife as part of that journey. And we were actually privileged to be part of that journey, and inviting Gabe to our life group where he met Fee, which was quite cool. So <laughs> I said, Gabe, do you know this? He actually sent Fee to our life group, and he never met Fee yet. So I said, Gabe, you have to meet this girl. So why don't you come? And so Gabe took over our life group uh, that evening <laughs> in very impressive, uh, uh, impressive fashion which he always does, which is great, which I know, Gabe. But, Gabe, we love you. You and Fee, you guys are amazing. You can see what God is doing to your community, to our community. Uh, Milnerton, there's a reason why we are here. God has sent you, and he wants to increase this community. So the blessing upon this community this morning is that God wants to increase you. That's the blessing for you. If you're here for the first time, welcome. I know that God has got a message for you this morning. He wants to increase you. You're not here by chance. He has sent you here, and we trust that God will use you in this community, that you're not a spectator coming in, but God will use you fully for his purpose, for his church. Is that okay? Can we have the scripture on the board as we read? And then we can read together. It's Ecclesiastes 3, 9 to 13. What do workers gain from their toil? That is exhausting physical labor. I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people 
than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. Father, we thank you this morning for that gift, Lord. We thank you this morning that we can partner with you, that that was your design, Lord, that we come alongside you, Father, and partner with you through this journey. And we just thank you, Lord, that hearts and minds will change this morning because of who you are and what you've done, Lord. Not because of what we've done or who we are. We thank you for that inheritance, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. So I'm from a little town called Athlone. If you don't know that by now, I'd like to just stress that again. I'm from a little town called Athlone in the southern suburbs. Do you know where that is? Who knows where Athlone is? Okay, great. It's amazing. Um, Then you know what I'm going to talk about (laughs) if I'm from Athlone. A lot of things gone down in Athlone. Um, Grew up there, been there for 28 years since, uh, born in Athlone, and then there for 28 years. But in my teenage years, I had some skewed ambitions as as a teenager, and that is to become a gangster. It's just quite cool. You see, you see the guy standing on the corner. And you want to be one of those guys. You want to be a gangster. You don't want to be anything else because it's the coolest thing when you walk around in your town and everybody respects you for being that gangster. So that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be one of those guys that could walk around town and everybody would fear. And they would stand around and say, hey, Wayne, he's the man. Look at him. And I thought, you know what? With all the friends that I had, we could never get the corner that we wanted because there were other gangsters there. So we had to sort of wait our turn and see whether they're gone. And if they are gone, we would steal the corner. And then we would be the gangsters in that time. And that's how it worked. That's how skewed my identity was as a child. Because you grow up with kids around you and, and, and older people around you where you think that that's the right thing to do. And that's the right thing to become. So you start working your way into that community to become something that you shouldn't be. But you don't know any better. And so that was me from a young age. And, you know, something was very prevalent in our community in those days. There was really, yeah. Uh, Athlone wasn't too great when it came to people being employed. So unemployment was a big thing in Athlone. Unemployment was the thing that when you, um, can I stand back a little bit? Is that okay? Because I feel I can't can't see the people in front here. So Um, Athlone was a place where, Unemployment, because of gangsterism and the things that were going down in that neighborhood, many people were unemployed. And it was a real situation when you're living in that community that you look at the older people and you think that's actually okay. You think it's something that is all right for you and that you can live with it uh, while you're staying in your mom's house, which was quite a thing because all the gangsters still stayed in their mom's houses, which wasn't too cool. And then if you're unemployed, that's where you would be. So much so that if the men came around and wanted to hang out with the women or the girls in the town, there was a song that they sang that wasn't too cool for the guys. Oh, you want me to sing it? I know that song because I had to grow up listening to this song when the women looked at men and said, "Uh uh-uh, not me, not me. Ain't nothing going on but the rent. You got to have a J-O-B if you want to be with me. You know that song? You know that song? Those were the songs the ladies sang for the men. And later on, 
It was, I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can get no love from me. Sitting in the passenger's side, in his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. Yeah? You like, ladies know that? Ladies don't want scrubs. Now let me just please clear up what a scrub is. If you don't have a job, I don't, you, you're not a scrub. Please. I want to define what a scrub is. A scrub is actually a person who don't want a job. Okay. Is that okay? So I can clear that up. I don't, if I'm going to say you don't, you're unemployed and then you go and tell your friends that you're a scrub, that's not what I'm saying. Please. So I'm actually just saying if, if we find back in the day in my town, if you were lazy, that's what they would call you. And fortunately enough, the ladies had a song that they could sing it to. So, so that's how they could tell the men what they were. So I really just want to, before we even go further, define the difference between a job and work. And I think that's important for us to understand this morning, that we don't get soaked into something that is actually not real, but that we clearly understand and clearly know where we're heading towards and what we are doing as a community. And so the definition of work, to be engaged in physical or mental activity in order to achieve a result, that is to do work. The definition of a job, a paid position of regular employment, a task or piece of work, especially one that is paid. See the difference? Did you notice the difference? The one causes anxiety and stress. The other one brings freedom. I'd like to encourage you this morning that we must stop looking for a job and we must start creating and committing ourselves to finding work. There's a massive difference when we look at the two, two definitions of job and work. Your job causes stress, the gold rush, it's everything that I can get out for myself. And work is everything I can put into. And why am I saying this? Is because if we go back into Genesis, the creation, we see that God spoke everything into being. But there's something beautiful that happens. And I had a picture of Gabe preaching this once. A beautiful picture of God coming to mankind and having this intimate moment of meeting with man and breathing life into man called the image of God. That is such a beautiful thing when we think about what God did. He spoke everything else into being, but when it came to us, mankind, you and me, there was intimacy. It wasn't just something that he said, well, let there be man, and so it shall be. No. There was love and intimacy because he created something in his own image. Therefore, we cannot deny who he is. We can't change who he is because inside of us intrinsically is a God who created us. His image resides inside of us. And I just want to speak around that this morning to, to really open up and, and, and make us understand that what we have intrinsically is from God, that we journey with him, and at the end of it, we give it back to him. So I want to head into a story. I started at, at, at city, of, city of Cape Town in 2007 as a contractor. In 2009, they made me permanent. But when I started in 2007, a gentleman came to me and said to me, 
why don't we give you a hundred days and you'll be out of here. And little did I know what I was to find after starting, there was a little passageway of workers and they said, that's where you belong and that's what you're going to do. And I thought, wow, city of Cape Town. Uh, you pull the fast one on me because, you know, when you're in the interview, there's all this glamorous saying of, no, 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 you'll run this department and you'll do that and that's amazing. And then you get there and like, like a sucker punch. Is, is this it? Because, you know, when, when you're looking for a job, and I can, I can honestly tell you at the time, I was looking for a job. And when you're looking for a job, there's something that goes with looking for a job. You're waiting for your pay packet. You're waiting for a salary, isn't it? You're thinking, oh, the 25th or the 26th or the 27th or end of the month must come. <laughs> I can earn my bucks because I'm here. You see, if you're looking for a job, you've got very little intention of creating anything. You do what you get asked to do, and then you expect something. That's when you have a job. So I started off there with that intention of having a job. Because when I saw that place where I had to enter into, I thought, oh, I'm waiting for the 27th. That's all. I'll do what they asked me to do, and I'll stay there, and that's it. 2009, I recommitted my life to the Lord. It was a beautiful time. It was an exciting time. You know, you're excited. You get into the workplace. And, and just after I committed my life to the Lord, they made me permanent. They said, there's something in this guy that we actually like. And 2009, I was overwhelmed with the Spirit of God inside of me in the workplace. And I was just preaching, Jesus, come on, Jesus. You know, you walk around in the workplace you're the man, you know, you're the head, not the tail. You're above, you're not beneath. You have all these things coming out of your mouth. And little did I know that it was irritating my boss. <laughs> you know, you tell him, oh, Jesus. And he says, you Christians. And he was going at me, you Christians, you know. And I realized I might have done things a little bit wrong. But God's grace is sufficient to know what, what was happening during that time. And so from 2009, things started changing inside of me. From what was a little passageway, God said, work with that passageway. Work with that passageway. Don't just look at it. There's potential there. The same potential they saw in me, I now need to go and give into those work groups. And so I started creating jobs. I started creating little departments. I said, no, 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 hold on. This is your gift. This is your talent. Let's create a little section for you to do what you're good at. And I did that throughout that department. So much so today, we have four different sections just in my area. And I didn't have to lobby for money. I didn't have to fight for money. In fact, they saw that it was good and they paid for it. So if you want to work, the important thing is that money will follow. When you've got a job, You'll have to work hard all the time just to get paid. But work is about our passion. Work is about what we have intrinsic inside of us, which is God. God created. We were born to create. We weren't born to just sit around and do a job and wait for the pay packet or wait for... We were born to create. So during this time, 2009, I started, things started changing in my environment. So much so that my boss started taking notice. And he said, Wayne, what is it? What is it? You've got all these ideas. You've got all these things happening. And I said to him, in a very graceful manner, I said to him, God, that's all I can say. Perhaps I can't explain it. But perhaps what, I, what I'm doing is explanation enough for you to know 
that God is with me. So those were the things that I went through during that time. And I just really want to open up this morning with three points. And Gabe, you know, if you know Gabe, you'll know that there's the three-pointer that Gabe always refers to. So, so I've fallen for that during this preach. I'm going to have three points that I want to speak about, which I feel is so important for us as a community. And I'd like to title this preach called A Prescription for a Model Worker. I think it's so important that we understand that we don't get to do things on our own. We don't get to stand there as Christians thinking we've done it all. And that can so easily happen. It can so easily happen when we get absorbed into, I've done it. Me, myself, and I, we've done it. Whereas God is saying, really? You? So I'm going to read a scripture out of Romans 12, 36. And it says, For of him, and through him, and to him, are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. Let me read that again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. We are absolutely nothing without God. Nothing. We are created to be spiritual beings so that we can stay connected with the Father. That is his gift. So that we can stay connected to the Father. That is his design so that we can never walk alone. Uh, Liverpool. But far better than that, that we have a Father that we are connected to. A Father who loves us. Doesn't just give us work to do. There's an intimacy and a creation that comes out of us because of the image of God that resides in us. So my first point, where do we get our strength from? How are we empowered of him? First and foremost, the Holy Spirit. We can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. That is the power of the church. It is the power inside of us. All that we have and all that we do all the ideas and the beautiful things that we receive, it's because of the Holy Spirit, the gift that God has given us. In Genesis 1, 26, 27, God says, let us create man in our own image. It's so important to understand that if we're talking about of him. Because he's given us something inside of us. Ecclesiastes 9.13 says that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God, of him. 1 Peter 2.9 says a chosen people, a royal priesthood, Christ in us. It first starts with him. We are a royal priesthood, a chosen people. But how do we play that out in the workplace? I can quote scripture all day. But we need to use the scripture in every sphere of our life. Not just walking outside uh, uh, the building this, this afternoon, but going into the workplace is so much more important. If you can raise your hands, how many of you have, have jobs? I'll say jobs because work and job, they can't coincide. So how many of you have jobs here? Sure. Okay. How many of you have got work? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> 
Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship. How important is that? How important is that? Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship. God worked with us. He didn't just leave us. There was an intimacy that happened, even with the coming of Christ. There was another work that was done, where he worked with us so that we could see the Father more clearly. But it says he, um, we are his workmanship. So, so if we are his workmanship, there's something inside of us that says we too can create out of that. Which I find so astonishing when I read the scripture. And, and for all that it is, we don't stand lightly on the scripture that God has given us. Because we need to really meditate on the scriptures that God has given us. Um, so that we can feel, um, at least be empowered to do what he's called us to do. So how do we work this out? Through him. I want to read from Matthew five thirteen to 14. It says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. That's missional. What is important about that scripture, when I read those two verses, Jesus starts off by saying, you are. Have you noticed? Not you're going to be. Not um, maybe, if you do a few things, then you'll become. He says, you are. Now, I don't know where you are this morning, so ma'am. But when I read that scripture, there's already something inside of you that God has spoken over you. He says, you are. Nothing that you have to work for. You don't have to toil to receive that blessing. It's a missional statement for us in the workplaces where we go out and we get to understand and be firm in our identity when you work or walk into your workplace to say, I am, because he said, you are. So nothing that you have to work for. I find that so astonishing when I read that because that's where the power is. And those two words, has the power. Yes, we are the salt and the light. Yes, we are a city on the hill. But if you don't get the you are, then you're going to hope that you are the salt and the light. And you're going to hope that you are a city on the hill. But when you get the you are right, the others fall into place. And so we walk into, in power when we understand that we already are. And that we don't have to work towards these things that God has already imparted into our lives. And uh, just, a, just a story about the workplace again. Um, this man, Dougie, that worked there, he was one of the senior managers in the city of Cape Town. And I was new. And um, he always had a go at me. And I thought, maybe this guy just doesn't like me. But every, every time I wanted to present something in, in the, the meetings, he was always the one that was very facetious, very sort of conniving, making statements that really put me down. Um, but I didn't stop. I kept on fighting because I knew what I wanted. But he was always the guy going at me. And years later, Dougie got cancer. And 
and it was a tough situation. And when he came back after his diagnosis, he, he came back to work, sat in his office, and uh, he called for me. And I went into his office and I said, hey, Dougie, how are you? I said, he's fine. Um, can I pray for him? And I said, Dougie, wh- what can I pray for? What would you like? He says, so that the Father can love me. Now, he could have said, pray for healing. He could have said, oh, Wayne, I just want to be out of this misery. But there was something inside of him that called out for something much greater. The sad thing is he didn't know how much God loved him. And how many times in our lives do we walk that journey wondering, does he love me? Is something going to happen? What if I go around the corner and this happens and that happens? And we're tiptoeing around our lives instead of walking in the power of Christ. So that we understand that God is a God of hope. Not a God of disaster. He's a God of hope. He's got everything put together in the palm of his hand. Everything. There's no state of emergency in heaven. God doesn't say, oh! Look, what, what's happening? No, 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 no. Gabriel, go, 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 go. No. He's written all these things down for us. The great thing about having revelations is because we get to celebrate what it looks like and where we are going. Revelations tells us what's going to happen. And that's the beautiful thing. We get to live out an identity because we know the end. And that's the glorious thing about God. And when I spoke to this man and he said to me, please pray for me, I got to pray for him. You see, the beautiful thing about the workplace is if you're going to be the salt and light in the workplace, people will know it. But people will also watch. They look at you. They look at what you do at work. You see, the enemy always wants to try something or expose something. But they get to look and watch. And this man... Dougie was watching. So much so that I was the one that he called. And as I walked through the, the, the workplace going towards him, people were standing around. And I realized, Lord, you, he didn't ask for anyone else. We are the salt and light in the workplace. Now, what good is it if we're standing in the workplace and we can speak things that every other manager is speaking? What good is it? What good is it if we stand in the workplace and you say the exact same things that the world is saying? We're moaning about the same things that the world is moaning about. We are totally the opposite to that. And sometimes I have managers, staff come to me and complaining about their managers. And I say, hey, stop it. How's your family? How are you doing? How's work? Now, please go. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth except that which is good to edify and minister grace unto the hearers. Ephesians 4.29. That's what God is calling us in the workplace. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
I sometimes took that scripture and thought it's about me. You know when you take that scripture and you say, I can do all things, and then suddenly you, you're out there saying, I can do all things. The sad thing, I took that for myself. But I realize today, as we mature, it is Christ in you that allows you to do all things. Not Wayne. This is not about Wayne. I have to realize that without Christ, I am nothing. It brings me to my knees. It injects humility into my spirit. And I long for God's presence all the time. And that's what this is all about. So point number one was of him. Point number two was through him. Point number three. Why do we work? To him. To give him the glory that's due to him. Mark 12, 13 to 17 says this. Then they sent him some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. When they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, for you do not regard the person of men, but teach the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. So they brought it, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Now that sounds great the way it ends, where it says, And they marveled at him. How many times do we marvel at what God does and then we end there I believe after hearing about the image of Caesar on the coin they shouldn't have stopped there if they knew what Jesus meant by saying and render to God the things that are God's they would have found out that he was talking about God's image in them we are to render to God what is God's. His image resides inside of us. Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We are to display that image. But besides that, we are to give it back to him. And in the workplace, we get that opportunity to give back to him what belongs to him. Not to Wayne. Wayne don't get the credit. Yes, I'd love the increase. But my God gets the credit in the workplace. Because I give back to God what belongs to him. His image. And I had a manager, Mike. Um, when I got ordained as an elder in, in Life Changes Church two years ago, uh, he came. Or oh, three years ago. Oh, jeez, 2015. Oh, can't remember. Bad with dates. 
he came to Life Changes Church, and he sat on the left-hand side of where we, um, where we used to sit in Life Changes when we started coming to Life Changes. You know, you hold on to that place when you come in and say, no, 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 this is my seat. You run there, you, you sit down. It's like, I belong on the right-hand side of the church. That's me. You know, you come in, you come in on that side. You know your path already. You don't need to look anymore. You just sit down. So that, that was us when we started at Life Changes Church. And then Wally at the time would say, guys, I'd like you guys to mingle. Eh? Move seats. He doesn't tell us straight. So I'd like, I'd like you guys to mingle. Maybe sit somewhere else, you know, meet new people. That kind of thing. <laughs> that was Wally. Thank you, Wally, for that. We've, we've heard you. Um, but he came in and he sat there. And, and something amazing that he said to me afterwards when we met at work. He said to me, Wayne, you know, it's amazing that I get to interview managers and I get to question them about their leadership. I get to question them about who they are. I look at their, their CVs and, and then I get to charge them around these things that they've put on their CVs. But one amazing thing I've picked up in the church leadership is that it's a journey. You don't have a CV that you present to the church and say, hey, look, I'm equipped. In fact, the church itself walks and journeys with you, and leadership itself is discovered in you through the grace of God. There's no interview with man when, he's, when God has called you for leadership. Yes, there's a journey, which is important, but he says, I saw something so different to the world that God has always got you, and it's always an interview with God, a lifelong journey with God, that he is the one that ordains leaders. And I've seen no interview in the church where you have to sit down and say, this is the reason why. And that's the beautiful thing he said, and that changed everything in him, so much so that every meeting that we had after that, he asked me to pray in our management meeting. He says, when will you pray for us? I said, yes, sir, I'll pray. And then we pray. And a month later, he said, Wayne, will you pray for us? I said, mm, you pray, sir. You pray. Because God has called you to lead this team. I'd like for you to take the mantle in leading this team in a godly fashion. And since that day, he started praying in our management meeting. He started reading the word of God. God brings about change when we are steadfast in his ways. That we don't buckle to the, to the pressures of the world, but that we look towards him. He'll bring about change, even when we think it might not happen. In time, God brings about change. 2018 is going to be different. 2018 is going to be different. You might be thinking 2017, oh, it was tough. 2016, oh, I, can I just say to you, 2018 is going to be different. God has got new things for you for 2018. Do not remember the former things, nor the things of old, because I've got a new thing for you. That's his words. And some of you might think this morning, you know what, I've been hurt in the past and 2018, I don't know. I've got good news for you this morning, sir, ma'am. God is amazing. He is beautiful, he is kind, he is gracious, and he is merciful. That's who he is, and he cannot deny himself, even if I tried. He cannot deny himself. 
There's nothing you can do, so man, to change that. You might be thinking, well, I've done these things in 2017, even starting 2018. But you cannot change who God is. And I want to encourage you this morning to look towards him. He's given you an image. It's his image so that we can stay connected to the Father. So just to conclude, of him, work is a gift from God because he has given us the ability to create. Through him, work is where we evangelize through our God-given talents. And to him, work is a form of worship towards God. We get to honor him by the way we work because we are his representatives in the workplace. We get to honor God and we get to worship him through our work. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19, just to, to, to finish off. It's a hymn of faith and the Babylonian system has kicked into Israel and Habakkuk, at the end of it all, sees nothing good coming from it, but God speaks to him and he has this conversation with God and then he springs up in Psalm or in him towards God and he writes this. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on high heels. Yeah, high heels, heels. Important to understand that. (laughs) Overcomer. We will be overcomers with what God has created inside of us. But this hymn of faith is so important to understand that even when there's nothing, it says that God is my strength. He will make my, my feet like deer's feet and make me walk on high heels. And perhaps you, you might not have a job this morning. You might not have work. And you feel that 2018, y- y- there's a struggle coming and you're trying to make plans to, to understand what that's going to look like. Surrender it. Give to God what belongs to God. You see, if you're going to look for a job this, uh, this year, it's going to be tough. But when you're looking to work, there's a blessing. Sometimes we look at the salaries that we're going to earn. But I think we need to look at what we can create. Humility. Anxiety. Yes, we need finances. And it's important. But I think finances will follow when our conditions of our hearts change towards work and not having a job. And I want to speak that into your life this morning. So, I've come at the end of this, this preach. And I think there's something important this morning that I'd like to do for you. For those who do not have jobs or do not have work, can you stand please? Wow, you've got a very good community here, bud. Everybody's got work. That's amazing. Can you stand? It's okay. I feel God wants to do something this year, 2018. If we don't have faith, what's the use? What's the use? 
If, if, if I call for you to stand this morning and you don't have a job, stand. It's okay. Don't worry about it. God wants to do something amazing. What is amazing, though, Gabe, is that you've got a, a very wealthy community. <laughs> Those who have faith in their hearts turn towards these two people. Thank you for standing. And we want to pray for them this morning. And we want to trust God this morning. Now, Father, we thank you this morning for who you are, God. And Father, I thank you this morning that hearts and minds will be changed towards you, God. That this morning, it's about what you can give and what you can do, Lord, and nothing in our own strength. So I pray for a full surrender right now, Lord that you will come and do a work inside of them. And then, Father, we thank you for the blessing of work over them this morning, Lord. Thank you that it is done, it is finished. 2018 will be a great year for them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's amazing. We were inside five and we were praying for people and we said, who needs jobs? And it's the total opposite to this. (laughs) It's like two people sitting and Everybody else standing, that's incredible. Um, and then we prayed, up th- that's the prayer we prayed, and then we prayed for healing, which was amazing. And people got healed because of faith in Christ Jesus and what he's done on the cross. And then we prayed for salvations. And people lift up their hands because they know that God is good. And if you don't know that Jesus this morning, the one who's created you with his image inside of you, and you feel this morning the desire that you need to give back to him what belongs to him, could you raise your hands with all people sitting down? Could you just raise your hands? Perhaps you want to give back to God what belongs to God this morning in 2018 being different for you. Not just different in the workplace, but different to what God wants to do in your life. You can raise your hand. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Keep your hands raised. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray for you. As Father, we just thank you for the hands that have been raised in faith, Lord. Because they trust in you, Lord. And Father, I thank you this morning that their lives will never be the same again. And Lord, I thank you that as they turn towards you and they surrender what belongs to you, God, you will take that beautiful thing and will turn it into something glorious for them, Lord. And Lord, thank you for the faith in their hearts, Lord. That, Lord, you honor faith. And I pray, Lord, that 2018... They will walk in strength, in love, and in your grace, Lord, and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen.